Hey, okay, so we're just jumping right in. Uh, we are Rachel and Joey Williams. Hello. And we are coming at you from the very comfort of our beds. Our bed, we, we share a bed. <laughs> we have one bed we share it. I don't know why I said beds. And uh, as I was pushing record, I was convincing Joey that he needed to sit up. <laughs> and he was... I'm a little tired tonight. I'm dealing with a newborn at home. So. Yeah. And man, I, I just, I don't have to deal with that. So <laughs> I don't really know what's happening here that he's so tired and I'm not. <laughs> but we had it on our calendar and we decided it was time to start. So should we share a little bit about us just so people know where we're coming from? And Well, so we've been married for. Years or yeah. soon to be um, this next, coming March. Yeah, month. Um, month. We are both from the same hometown, Cambridge, Minnesota, and um, not we, high school sweethearts. Everyone asks we were, that. Yeah, we were friends in high school, and actually, her dad kind of led me to Christ. He was my youth group uh, not, leader. At, not so much, kind of. It was like a thing. He did. He did. <laughs> um, so I was actually kind of had a relationship more with her parents before even her. Which is kind of neat. I don't think too many people can say yeah. that. Yeah. When they um, loved you, they they would have chosen you. Yeah. But then we kind of reconnected in college. Um, and from there, started dating shortly after that. And I suppose the rest is kind of history for that. Yeah. So we got married. That's kind of the mm. end of that story. <laughs> yeah. After getting married, that was when I uh, got to tell Rachel my plans that I always kind of had... Uh, interest in doing foster care <laughs> yeah until after we were married yeah <laughs> i don't recommend that i was like wait 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 we're talking about this now you couldn't have told me this before because i i didn't have any interest in that that sounded pretty terrible i thought and you know my family just got pregnant and had babies the good old-fashioned way and that just sounded like the nice little white picket fence dream to me so i thought what is this man doing <laughs> making plans that I don't really want to be a part of. But, you know, I came from really wise parents and they've always just told us kids like just pray to get on the same page. Don't pray to change your spouse's mind. Pray to get on the same page. Even don't pray to change your mind because that might not be God's will that your mind has changed. So um, it's better that you just end up on the same page. So I did for a lot of years and slowly over time, God really changed my mind and my heart to the point where I really desired to do things like foster care and adopt. And it was honestly one of those things that if my husband hadn't mentioned it and I had never been willing to pray about it, I don't know that we would have done it. And it has completely changed the course of our family. Um, well, I think all along, at least in my mind, I had envisioned doing it more kind of after raising our own our own biological children. Um, Foster care you're talking about. Correct, yeah. Um, but I think uh, as it turned out, I don't you know, we kind of had... We're quite infertile. Struggles and tragedy quite with... infertile. Trying to get pregnant on our own. So then we kind of scratched that idea and looked at adoption and... <laughs> that was crazy. That <laughs> yeah, was like a fraudulent agency <laughs> that we found. Or this is, these found are horror or, stories. Don't be worried about adoption. This kind of thing doesn't happen very often. <laughs> 
Anyways, it led us down a path where God really opened our hearts and minds to what our family might look like. And it's very different today as a result of the fact that we just don't get pregnant on our own. We have gotten pregnant um, through IVF, um, and we have adopted quite a few kids, and we have fostered quite a few kids. So now we have a grand total of, I think, 111 children. Does that sound right? (laughs) Wait, that we've... I mean eight. Just kidding. We have eight kids. Oh, I thought you meant of like kids that we've had. No, in this house. you were like, "Well, like, that sounds well, like a lot." No, that many. no, but we have eight kids. Does oh. not feel like 111, but I think other people are like, "Whoa, don't you have like 100 kids?" Yeah. So we have eight. Um, four who came to us through the teen years, which was really cool and unexpected. Um, and just because people are always curious, three of them are biological siblings, though we got them at separate times, which was its own amazing God story. Uh, one we adopted at birth two we did IVF with our egg and sperm and one we, I birthed, um, through the gift of embryo adoption. So we have kind of done it all. We've actually Mm -hmm. not done international adoption, but that's about it. We fostered to adopted. We fostered. And kids have gone home. We've adopted at birth. Mm-hmm. We did the embryo adoption. We've adopted older kids. We've adopted mm-hmm. siblings. <laughs> yeah, we started doing so. foster care when we were in Chicago, which was more through a, a church program called Safe Families. Oh, that. And for that, we had... Nine kids. Yeah, nine kids through that. And then kind of transitioned to doing foster care once we moved to Wisconsin. Why are we talking about this? Because it's our children. Oh, okay. I didn't think we were going to tell like, the whole story of everyone. No. We don't need pause. They can hear us talking. <laughs> um, so should anyway, we jump so ahead? We've saying, got all these kids? Or? We, we've had other experiences as well with oh, you know, true, true. infants and kind of um, middle-aged kids as well through that as well. Middle-aged. So, can you have middle-aged like kids? Eight. So eight? like we've had 40-year-olds? <laughs> well, it's in the middle of zero to 18. It's about That's an eight true. or nine-year-old. I actually don't think we've ever had eight-year-olds. I think five was the oldest foster no, we, we had. had. That, like eight or nine-year-old in Chicago. No, she was five. Older than that? No, she was really? five. Yeah, oh. she just felt too old because we only had a baby. <laughs> uh, so uh, fast forward to here. Now we have parented a wide gamut. I think that's what you were going Correct. getting at. It's yeah. just this wide variety of children. And they are all so different in their needs and in their emotions and in their histories Ooh, and, we're grandparents. and their traumas. Oh, that too? Yeah, so yes. we're not only parenting, but we're grandparents now too. Yes, which is a whole different ballgame. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's just a baby, so we haven't really reached that whole, like, spoil them, rotten stage, which hopefully we won't do too bad. But our oldest son um, is um, has had a baby, and he's engaged. And um, so his, his fiance, you know, she really is family to us. And... Um, so it kind of feels like we have 10 kids, even though we really don't. But um, they are very much a part of us. Um, and Liam is our grandson, and he is seven and a half months old, which is... Oh, no, just seven. I don't know why that matters. But anyways, so um, so yeah, so here we are. Um, parenting has been very passionate on my heart for a long time. Um, and I've done some podcasts and some leading of small groups and... You know, we thought it could maybe bless other people to hear from the both of us. Um, We do not always come at things from the same way. Um, And sometimes one of us is really struggling in an area the other just has nailed down rock solid. And we really need each other to kind of point out the areas that the other person can't see, to see our own blind spots. And um, God has really used us to sharpen one another. You know, iron sharpens iron. 
Um, and, and, you know, when you can have humility in your marriage, man, it, it really changes the way that you can parent because we will, neither one of us will ever get it right. But yeah. together between the two of us, we might get a whole lot more right than, you know, if we're too prideful to hear from the other person. And so I just really thank God for the way that he has molded our marriage to a place where it humbled each of us in individual areas. Um, where we can go, all right, what am I missing here? Um, I'll give you just a little example. Um, I lose my cool sometimes with our older, two of our older four. Um, For whatever reason, you know, it's like a personality thing. And I just, I lose my cool with them. And if you don't know this yet, you will learn it. Losing your cool with your kids is not beneficial. It really almost never ends well. That you lose their, you lose your standing with them. You lose their, their ear, and so they're not listening to you when you're just like losing it. Yeah, and you're, and you're, in a sense, you almost let them change you then too. Which yeah, you don't want to head down that road either. Right, exactly. Stooping to their level if they, if they're at that level, and if they aren't at that level, you're stooping lower than that. <laughs> None of this is good. And so, um, and Joe, he's just the calm, steady one. I mean. Our oldest son will say, I've heard dad yell once and I was afraid. <laughs> you know, mom, oh, mom, she yells a lot more. Now, I, I don't parent generally by yelling, but I am the yeller of the two of us. And God has changed me a lot. So let's give me some credit. But but really, I'm the one that will lose my cool. And Joe, he'll just kind of look at me with those eyes and go, maybe you should just step out for this one. <laughs> and once in a while, I do not listen. And you know what happens? Everything gets so much worse. So I'm I'm learning to humble myself and go, you know what? He's probably right. And then I'll just kind of go to another room and I'll listen and I can feel myself getting the emotions, but I'm not actually responding. And it's, it's a beautiful thing, um, you know, and then we can kind of come back and talk about it. And it's great that he and I have developed this thing where, you know, he can speak that into my life. Mm-hmm. Honey, you're not handling this well. Why don't you leave? And I think it's really good for our kids to see that. Not only are we modeling healthy relationship is that we're not always perfect perfect you know and and that one of you can point out what the other one needs needs a little help with and and we can listen to that and we it goes both ways certainly um joe has joey has had many times where he's humbled himself and said yeah i can see that i needed to do that better or i could do better in the future um so yeah i I mean an example that i struggle with is I have a hard time watching some of our older kids in their laziness um, and trying to because you're a very very hard worker. Yeah, I think it's just it's been so ingrained in me and you know where I've gone and just the way I was raised. Honestly, on a little hobby farm and all the chores I had, it's just ingrained in me. So then watching it, it's like it's so hard (laughs) to just watch them do nothing. Um, and it seems like Rachel's has like to, a profound to, grace for that. And to be fair, they don't do nothing. Correct. They'll just have times where they're doing nothing. Right. We don't want to make it sound like they're not doing anything in life because right, right. that's not true. But sorry. But Rachel just kind of has like a, a bigger outlook and, you know, it's, it's easy to say if I was raised the way they, the way they were, I'd probably be no different or honestly probably even worse off. But it's also really easy to lose that focus in the nitty gritty of the ins and outs of daily living because, you know, I think while we have the big picture of how we want to raise the kids, sometimes you also forget like, oh, they left their shoes out again or, oh, the shoes are 
you know, they're putting them on in the kitchen and now there's dirt tracked in everywhere and it's it's sometimes hard to kind of keep that focus. I think you've been helpful for me mm, in, in a lot of that. Keep keep the big picture in mind. Well, I just even, you know, you if mean? I lose my cool a little bit with them and I want to like kind of go <laughs> pound it out or hash it out and get that dirt cleaned up right away, it's kind of like, honey, this one thing is not that big of a deal and, yeah. you know, they're doing good and... Yeah. We can kind of focus on that. Yeah. Well, and, you know, the thing, too, is that we forget sometimes what we were like at each of their ages. And sometimes we need to re- – I think I'm the better one at remembering what I was like at those ages. I'm like, oh, man. So let me give you an example. When I was in co- – I'm a really tidy person. We both are. Um, and, and that's how you function with eight kids. I mean, <laughs> you got to kind of be tidy. And But I've always been that way. And when I went to college – my room was always tidy, my bathroom was always tidy, and my living room, because I had like a, you know, a dorm with lots of girls in it. But let me tell you, one thing I was so lazy at is I would eat my cereal, and instead of washing the dish, which takes 15 seconds, I would leave the spoon in the bowl, and I would put it on top of my medicine cabinet, because I didn't want to see it. And then by the time I'd run out of spoons, I'd have four or five bowls up there. And you know how long it takes to wash a dish that has had the, the spoon stuck to the milk a lot longer. Now you're soaking and you're scraping. I mean, it's ridiculous, right? I mean, it's just so dumb. And I thought to myself a hundred times, why am I doing this? I'm making more work for myself. But, you know, it was a season of life I was in. I was totally able to do that. Well, now we've got to run a, a much tighter ship. Like, that's ridiculous. We would never do that. We would never – we don't even leave sinks in the dish, you know, or dishes in the sink almost even mm-hmm. overnight ever. You know, it's like we're just kind of constantly – and so sometimes I have to remind myself, I'm like, oh, what's happening here? Why, why is my teenager always leaving dishes in the sink? And it's like, okay, what was I like at that age? You know, and, like, we're constantly reminding ourselves of – where were we at at their ages? And that helps a lot too because, you know, especially with you saying like you're such a hard worker, it's true, but you've also got a big house and a big family you've got to take care of. And so you don't have the luxury of sitting around and, and, and watching TV and, you know, playing video games and stuff. And so, you know, it's just trying to keep perspective um, when we're when we're loving on them and, um, and you know, for our younger ones too, it's just, man, why are they doing that? And it's like, you know, I actually remember doing some of that myself at that age. And why are we talking about this? What's going on here? I'm talking about milk and cereal bowls. Mm. <laughs> so let us just give you a quick rundown of our kids in case anyone wants to know, because we'll talk about them all throughout these podcasts. Um, so our oldest son is Randy. And then we have Michael, and they're nine months apart, and they're very close in age. Yeah, right now um, Randy's 23. And Michael's 23. Michael's, oh, yeah, Michael is 23. <laughs> yeah, Randy is almost 24. Um, and then we have Amber, and Amber's 21. And then we have David, and he's 18. Um, and then we jump down, and we have Brighton, who's nine. And uh, Ada is almost seven. And then we have Ephraim, who we will also call Remy, because that's his nickname. And he's four and a half. And then we just had a baby in December. Um, I guess depending on when you listen to this, you won't know. He is now a little, 10 weeks old. And his name is Eland. So, and then Liam is our grandson. And Miranda is Randy's fiance. So that's kind of the rundown of our family. Um, like I said, the older four came through teenage adoption. And the younger four came through a mix of adoption and birth. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the scoop on our family. Mm. 
Um, I guess before we kind of end this, because we're going to try not to keep these too long. Oh, I guess we're only 15 minutes. That's amazing. I talk apparently less when you're with me because <laughs> I am very long-winded people, very, very long-winded. Um, I guess one of the things, you know, just maybe to give you kind of an idea of how how we kind of parent all these kids and what's like the core um at the heart of all of it, um, what's our desire for our kids? And, you know, we love, we love God and our faith is first and foremost in our marriage and in our, in our lives. And, or it, that's the desire I should say. I mean, obviously we're falling in and out of that. I mean, mm-hmm. we're not perfect and in any way we will never pretend to be. Um, but that's the hope is that God's always at the center of all of our decisions and that we're striving to be more like Jesus, love more like Jesus. Um, <clears throat> and, and so our first hope for all of our kids is salvation, you know, for them to, to love God, to follow him, to do, to bring other people to the Lord, to do good in this world, you know, to glorify God. That's kind of our first hope is for them to be saved. You know, I'll be honest, like, I think I lose sight of that sometimes. Mm -hmm. Would you say, yeah, you're nodding your head. Yeah. And sometimes we just get bogged down in the nitty gritty. And why are they, why are they telling that lie? And why are they struggling to keep a job? And why, why is he forgetting to take a, you know, swimsuit out of the swim team bag? I mean, just silly things. And that, I mean, that's how we run a household, right? Yeah. Like we, we need those things. Life too, that we need those things to, to happen. But... Yeah. But if we can really work on having like this kingdom perspective of at the end of the day, we want our kids to have a faith in Jesus. We want them to be saved. And that's really something I am working on always because it is not natural for me to just take away what's right in front of me, you know, the needs, the pressing, pressing needs of having so many kids, um, or even just one or two kids. I mean, you guys, everybody's got pressing needs. Um, and just remember that if that's, that's our, like, what are your priorities in parenting your kids? And so first and foremost, you know, we want them to know the Lord. Second, man, I mean, I don't know, we haven't talked about these priorities. And so I guess I'm just kind of winging them here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I'm not winging them. It's it's how we parent. But, you know, we didn't actually talk about what we were going to say. But, I mean, I think that we want them to love well. Mm-hmm. You know, and that... A lot of that's showing them, especially with the older ones, kind of trying to undo what's been done, but showing them right. the love of a family. Right. What's real love? And for me, and a lot of this, you know, I've even spoken to some of our kids about recently, is I I want to love them to show them glimpses of basically how... Jesus loves me. Yeah, amen. And that's helpful, I think, to try to, you know, remember that in those tough times and even in the easy times too. Like, you know, I buy my kids gifts at Christmas time because I was given the gift of Christ, you know, and we try to do a good job of remembering that at Christmas and yet the little kids are still just obsessed with the toys, but as long as we can Hmm. kind of like, you know, still give them that, that picture, that knowledge with each Christmas, hopefully they'll realize by the end, oh, yeah, this is why mom and dad do that. Too. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, yeah, so us us loving them well is how we're teaching them to love well. And, you know, we're all, we're all selfish. We're all sinners. Like, we're all just kind of messed up, you know. And so having grace for ourselves and them and teaching them how to have grace for others, you know, because the last thing we want to do is raise legalistic, judgmental kids. That is not what Jesus called us to do. And so, you know, teaching them how to do things well, because we want to strive for excellence, but um, but we're all going to fall short of that. And so, um, you know, that's where love and grace just comes in. And, and so, 
you know, I, I'm kind of like numbering them as if we've, like I said, sat and written these out. But, um, but really, I mean, don't you think that's probably the second biggest thing is mm-hmm. just how do you love other people and put them, put them, you know, before your before own needs. your own needs, you know, and, and yeah. Anyways, um, and so just a couple other things, ways that we parent is we parent in a way where our house is ordered, our household is ordered um, by God first parents than kids like um, we live in a world where kids run the show um, their their attitudes run the show and their their emotions and their um, their agendas all of it and, and it's just oh it's not good that's not the way that God designed it. it is not biblical and so we really desire for our house to be ordered where our kids are are meant to obey us because that is the way that God designed it. And we are modeling how to obey because we are desiring to obey God. Um, and that they would see us doing that and that we would teach them how to obey us. And that when they go out on their own, that they're, um, it will, they will be set up so much more to succeed in knowing how to obey, obey God. Cause that's a tough thing to do. And a lot of people don't get that figured out and the reality is is they're missing out because when you're just doing things on your own and you're not um listening to god i mean i'm talking about when you have a faith um when you're you say that your relationship with god is important to you but you're not asking him well what do you want for my life god and you're not following that you're not obeying that or you're you're think you're hearing from him and you're flat out rejecting it you are missing out and i know I know this because the hardest things I have done and said, we have said yes to God in have resulted in the biggest blessings, Mm -hmm. you know, and we would be missing out if we had not endured those hard things and said yes in obedience. And now we're, you know, we've got the, we're reaping the benefits and the rewards and the blessings from it. And some of those being our kids saying yes. I mean, saying yes to teens is like kind of crazy. I mean, it's like, who does that? I don't, I can't even imagine. And, you know, 15 years ago, if you'd said, oh, you're going to adopt all these teenagers, I'd probably be like, no, people don't adopt teenagers, you know, but yet God has just brought them in one by one and he's asked us, please, you know, to say yes. And we did and we obeyed and it was hard every time. I don't know that it was, you know, it was always a challenge, but it was, it, it has just been such a blessing to our family. Um, and obviously the kids that we brought into our family, but I wouldn't even begin to say it's been a bigger blessing to them because, that's just not true it's been such a big blessing to us and anyway so kind of ordering it you know and teaching our kids that you need to obey us you need to respect us and why and that there can be joy in that there can be joy in in that obedience we found that joy in obeying the lord and we want them to find that joy in Mm -hmm. obeying us and you know it's funny if you ask like our nine-year-old well um i've had this conversation with him you know like well should we just you know not have you obey us anymore. And he's like, what? No, like, don't get us wrong. He doesn't like to obey us all the time. It is not always enjoyable to him, but he recognizes the value in listening to his parents and, and our wisdom. And when we get it wrong, we own that. And we're always open to negotiations, you know, like, what do you think on this subject or whatnot? But he knows at nine years old, he will just spoil his whole life if he's in charge. He knows that because he said that to me, just like, I don't think I'd make very good decisions. I don't think it's, you know, and he's yeah. nine. He's not, well, in, he's not intended he's to a, be. What, a couple of times where we've actually let him overindulge in candy and he kind of recognizes afterwards, yeah. I ate too much of a stomach or ache. Or he stays up too late reading a book. 
Right. And he's just dying in the morning, and he's like, I really shouldn't have made that choice. Right. And we're like, honey, that's why your parents, you know, to help kind of guide you on that. And so, yeah, so that's kind of, those are kind of the things, the ways that we parent in our household. And, and the respect is um, expected, but it goes both ways. Yeah. And it's important to us that we respect them as well, that they mm-hmm. feel respected. And of course, we don't get it right all the time, but yeah. we're always open to hearing that. And when we try to provide them a good example, even way back. I shouldn't say way before we had kids, but um, it was before we had kids. We went through the Love and Respect series. Oh, yeah, marriage book. It was really good. I mean, a big part of, you know, I think being successful with parenting, too, is kind of honestly making sure that you're you're looking to yourself, too. You know, it kind of gets back to making sure you're not just focusing on that speck in somebody else's eye and ignoring the plank in yours. So I think by working on our marriage, you know, and, and working on Rachel's respect for me and the way that I can love her and have her yeah. truly be my bride really gave us the foundation to, to all the parenting that we do. And, and just knowing too, like, you know, if Rachel does get overheated in an argument, I'm not like pushing her or yelling at her to, to leave the room. And so I can handle it. I'm trying to be, you know, loving the way that I should be to my bride and it provides our kids the example too that they yeah. need to see and be like oh he's not yelling at her and he's not being disrespectful or she's not being disrespectful well, to mom's dad in that responding situation and, in a and she's responding respectful way right. and humble so way it, and they can see those glimpses and mm-hmm. I mean so much of it's just making sure that you're really working on yourself walking your walk as right. well true and, and and investing in your marriage because I'm sure that people can parent well um, with a maybe dysfunctional marriage or even when people have been divorced. Like, I have no doubt that people can co-parent well. But, like, man, if you're if you're married, I mean, invest in your marriage, not just for your kids and your parenting. I mean, it, it will benefit you and your spouse, too. But, but I mean, it will make your parenting easier mm-hmm. when you're not... Because, I mean, parenting is so hard. I mean, it is. Oh, my gosh. And it can just be gut-wrenching sometimes. But, you know, if you're if you're investing in your marriage, too, um, and you're not fighting that part so hard, um, it just, I think it just can make it so much easier, you know? I don't know. Anyways, um, I guess we could probably wrap this up. Mm-hmm. Was there something else on your heart you wanted to say? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think what we'll do, because we're just kind of winging it here, you guys, and if you're listening to this and you would like us to answer a specific question, that would be great. Like, we can do that, and we'll just kind of work through on topics and mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know we'll be covering, like, consequences on one time. I love consequences. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Loves them. Like, loves. Like, it's like his joke with the kids. Like, ooh, I'm giving consequences. And the kids are like, bad. So we'll laughing. And they're laughing. Even, too, to kind of go over that. Because certainly the consequences are vastly different when you're talking about, like, younger kids versus older kids. And yeah, just the adaptability with it. Um, I know that was one of the topics we said we'd cover. Yeah, what yes. another one? We'll cover lots of topics. Yeah. How to chores and... Mm-hmm. Getting kids to obey and respect and serving and being good examples of school. We'll, we'll cover lots of topics, but um, yeah, send in your questions or your your thoughts for topics as well, and we can kind of address it and you know kind of give you the unique perspective of our insight to it for being younger parents of older kids. 
well, grandparents <laughs> of all different ages yeah, and basically through our experiences with it yeah so all right well i guess that's probably it anything else mm-hmm. all right well we'll wrap this up and until next time